Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 992 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, July the 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tons of great stuff. It's the NHL offseason. It's the NBA offseason. Baseball's going strong. And on Thursday, we have the biggest production that Locked On has ever done. It's our live draft show. It's running out of the WFAA television studios down in Dallas with Chad Ford, John Corrales, and Raphael Barlow on the panel. I'll be checking in when the Raptors make their pick. It's going to be really, really great. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it uh, on the Odyssey app as well if you're in the States on your Roku or Fire TV. It's going to be really, really great and an awesome alternative for your draft coverage. So tune into that on Thursday night and you'll see my face, which uh, I'm sure you're just so eager to hear me talk more. Uh, All right. On today's show, there's a lot going on. There are rumors flying all over the place. Some of them believable, some of them entirely not. It's hard to really discern what actually is real here, but that's draft week for you. So we're just going to lean into the skid and talk about it all. And joining me is one of the original guests of the podcast five years ago. He's been on a few times since then, obviously. He's, of course, the host of the Raptors Over Everything podcast, a wonderful reporter for Yahoo Sports. It's William Liu. Will, how's it going, buddy? It's always good to talk to you, uh, Woodley. Um, You know, excited to... uh, Honestly, excited to actually get through the draft because I'm tired of this, like, nonstop speculation, Mm -hmm. people worrying, people... (laughs) It's just a lot of anticipation and a lot of like needless worry which i mean i look i understand this is like our business uh mm-hmm. you, you get people to to worry and then you know that keeps them sort of clicking and inter- you know interacting with us that's the whole purpose of this i guess we're supposed to entertain it at the same time though like it, it feels more like like uh, not entertainment but like torture so yep <laughs> yeah i'm hoping to uh, i'm hoping it's over soon yeah, Jake Fisher is just engaging in a online oh, form of water torture. It's uh, it's great. Love it. Uh, yeah, so I figured uh, we're going to do a two-part episode because there's a lot to go through and love talking to you, and I don't think we could possibly keep it to 30 minutes. So we're going to do two parts here. The first part, we're just going to kind of cool. run through all the rumors and talk about Shea Gilgis-Alexander and trading the fourth pick and Ben Simmons, I guess, and Jared Allen and all that stuff. And then on the next podcast, so Wednesday's podcast, we're going to dive into sort of our ideal Raptors off seasons and kind of, you know, all of the rumors condense it into one thing and figure out what exactly we'd like to see the Raptors do. Let's start, though, Will, with uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander. This is kind of a new report the last couple of days that maybe the Thunder are shopping him around a little bit. Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report, who's kind of been the only one reporting anything recently on the Raptors, and I don't really know. I'm not saying Jake Fisher is not a good reporter. He's a, he's a respected name and all that. I just kind of believe maybe the team saved the actual good, you know, meaningful morsels for the sort of top end insiders who we know and follow on draft night. I have no idea how to read it all, but 
Shea Gildas Alexander's been in the news. Apparently, uh, he was part of an offer, uh, reportedly, from another reporter, not an even less believable reporter, frankly, that uh, there was an offer of the Thunder putting in number six and Shea, potentially for the number one pick. And there's talk now today that he could be potentially gettable for a very exorbitant price. And I guess when you're talking about Sam Presti, that means just picks, lots of picks. And if you can get Sam Presti horny enough for a number of picks, then maybe you can pull it off. Um, I joked on draft night when the Raptors moved up that the first thing they should do the next day is call Sam Presti and see if he really wants to pay Shea Gildas-Alexander after they got bad draft lottery luck and fell down to number six after trying to very clearly tank themselves into the top four. Uh, Will... Shea Gildas Alexander, do you believe any of this? Like, it's hard to, the whole sort of grain of salt you take with all of this is none of this is believable. It all comes from people with ulterior motives and agendas. It's hard to really, you know, again, ascertain exactly what means anything. But uh, where are you at on this Shea stuff? And if he is available, what would you give up to get him? And why is it everything? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't think if it's it's available. I mean, I think everybody's available at a a specific price point and i think especially for for okc you could see a, a situation where his timeline doesn't fit with their timeline which is an absolutely uh insane thing to say on paper <laughs> but their timeline seems to be like there's like a class of like kids in kindergarten right now <laughs> that that is their timeline so like shay right now at the age of 22 or 23 or whatever he is mm-hmm. might not necessarily fit that timeline the thing is, though, I, I think from the Thunder perspective, they probably are looking at a situation where they have a, a guy like Shea who, unless he doesn't want to re-sign, unless he wants to risk millions and millions and millions of dollars to go through that qualifying offer process to become unrestricted, he's going to sign. Um, hmm. So you have a guy that you're going to have under contract. You have to think that Shea, who is blossoming into a star, coming off a pretty good season, even though he got re- he got hurt, um, you have to think that he would command a bigger, uh, I guess, you know, the only thing Sam Presti wants is more picks. I think he would get more picks on a, on a long-term deal secured than he would right now for say. Sure. But they're probably just evaluating it right now. I mean, listen, everybody's available for picks in OKC. Um, <laughs> nothing is nailed down there. And yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable because I think a guy like Shea, like what I trade the fourth pick in the summer coming draft, for Shea, yes. Would I trade the fourth pick in this upcoming draft plus an unprotected first-round pick in the future for the Raptors? For Shea, yes. Would I include some small pieces? I mean, maybe not one of the core pieces in addition to the fourth pick because I think at that point you're kind of losing too many pieces from your, um, mm-hmm. your sort of cabinet there. But, yes, I would take Shea absolutely in a minute, in a heartbeat. He is a sensational player. Like, just, just – I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say, like, the, I don't want to go into the Hooper basketball player debate. <laughs> No, please Shea's do. Shea's a hooper. Shea's a hooper, man. <laughs> yeah, Shea's I mean, a the thing that's interesting about this potential trade negotiation, too, is like, the Thunder, I can't imagine, would want actual good basketball players back in return, right? Like, they seem yeah, to be kind know. of, like, out on having good basketball players and instead want to replace them all with hypothetical teens down the line, and... So and the salary is not huge to match either, right? It's just his rookie salary. I think it's like what yep. he's a thirteenth pick, so it's like what five million or something like that along those lines. You know, you could probably, you know, the sort of thing I'm thinking up is you don't have to trade one of the core guys. You bring in Shea, you pair him with Fred, OG, Pascal, and that makes just an absolutely killer one, two, three, four. You kind of push everybody down the ladder of responsibility by having Shea become your number one ball handler. He's a three level scorer, which they desperately needed. I mean, the fact that he 
had like a north of 60 true shooting percentage with that Thunder supporting class last year gives me a whole lot of hope that he could kind of fix the half-court issues immediately. It's like a perfect, almost too good to be true type of fit, I think. And so, yeah, you throw everything at the Thunder. I mean, you said one future for you know protected first. I think this is a situation where if they're actually considering trading Shea, which would be insane, which, like, let's put it out there, it'd be a stupid thing for them to do. They have control over him. They can, uh, you know, sign him to his new contract. It's going to be hard for him to turn that money down and just accept a qualifying offer. Like, it would be truly lunacy if the Thunder were like, this guy doesn't fit our timeline, so we must move on. But if they are entertaining it because Sam Presti's a pick-hoarding freak, then you probably... I think just go and do the whole thing. Like you do the Anthony Davis offer, you do the Paul George offer, and you offer all of the picks from four all the way to whatever is seven years worth of swaps and and firsts, and you just do it. I think you're guaranteed to be good enough with Shea on the team, and you know no pick down the line that you're going to get other than maybe this year's pick if you get super lucky is going to result in a player better than Shea, who you can again sign into a next contract, and then you have a core that's ready to compete i think probably right away it seems like a no-brainer to me to just offer it all like is there a point where you would get to you know a little bit feeling a little bit queasy about offering you know those you know future unprotected first like the ones maybe beyond the expiring contracts of siakam and fred and og like where are you at on that or is it a matter of just like whatever the thunder want if it's just picks then you just do it and you give them all the picks they want yeah, I mean, I see the, I, I see what you're trying to say. I think the, the difference between some of the other trades that you've seen, right, where, you know, whether it's a Drew Holiday trade or the Paul George trade with the Thunder executed uh, or the AD trade um, or the James Harden trade that just happened, like, yeah. you know, those are all situations where a really established player um, has gone to a team that was basically – taking them in to become the final piece or to complete sure. a championship puzzle, whether those teams actually became champions. Um, you know, some, some, sometimes it works out with the Lakers, sometimes with the Clippers, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it will take that much quite honestly. I, I, I mean, I understand the value of Shea. I understand what, what uh, the Thunder could get for Shea, but I don't know if I'll offer more than just like this current fourth pick, which is really good. A really, really strong asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, you know, one, you know, unprotected future first, or maybe, I don't know, top three protect or something like that. Um, you know, if you want, you want Malachi Flynn, you can have Malachi Flynn as just a little <laughs> bonus, a little signing bonus, you know, you throw in like, um, you know, Chris Boucher or something like that. No, I mean, uh, realistically, those are kind of like pieces that aren't going to factor in as much, but I, I just, I don't, I don't fully know. Cause one of the things you're also giving OKC in this deal mm-hmm. is contract is, is financial flexibility. And I understand the OKC has tons of money, whatever, but at least not having Shea at a number, which will probably come in like 25, 26 million. He's going to get the max Sure. Um, on the books. That does create more flexibility on the roster. Like look at what Memphis just did. They just recycled yep. a, ro- a, a, you know, a contract. They just did that themselves. OKC with Kemba Walker. So sure. I think that has a value in itself as well. Not having to pay 25 million. Obviously you'd be happy to pay for a, a guy like Shea, but um, in any case though, I mean, I, I, I think this is something that I've, I'm not surprised that the Raptors are interested in Shea. I think even before the draft, there was talk that the Raptors were linked to Shea. And of course they didn't have a draft pick that high mm-hmm. at that time. But, I mean, you know, they wanted him back then. And he obviously had a great year with the Clippers. Then he got traded to OKC. And I'm just I'm just imagining, you know, A, the, fa- the fact that the fit is there. He's such a good scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, he has such a great rhythm to his game. 
um, really shifty, able to change speeds, but also able to play really slow, able to get to the rim. He's, I mean, for a guard, he shot like 51% from the field last year and 42% from three. Mm-hmm. That's absurd. Um, he's got great touch. He's, you know, he can create for others as well, though he's more of a scorer. And I just, I don't know. I mean, he would just fill so many boxes. This is not a case of like, we got to bring Andrew Wiggins home or we got to bring <laughs> Joseph home or we got to bring Kelly Olenek home. We got to bring Shade to the Raptors because he's, a baller period mm-hmm. like he's he fits so many of what they need to do and you know look listen i mean would he be re- interested in resigning i mean i don't know did he just spend his birthday in toronto yeah so, hamilton you know. to be exact uh <laughs> just uh just well, hanging I mean, out at too, hamilton yeah. honey badgers games he's uh mm-hmm. you know he's, he's he's a celebrity about town <laughs> it's he's just like you you and him are like well i guess <laughs> nakil as well and kia but like number you're like number four in the rankings right now that's that's the dream it's not yeah. bad yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Okay, we got more coming up with Will Lou. We're going to continue talking about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. We're going to talk about Ben Simmons. Even Jarrett Culver gets a shout-out on this podcast. That's all coming up in just a second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com who are amazing. They are saving you money when you go to the mechanic. No longer are you at the mercy of the mechanic selling you the single version of the part that you need in the mechanic shop when you're panicked, your car is going to be expensive, and you're just like, sure, fix it, get it done, I'll pay whatever. Instead, you can go to rockauto.com, get the part that you need for cheaper, and then bring it to the mechanic and say, now you put this in, sir. It's a wonderful, wonderful way to do it. And it's going to save you money. It's also super easy to navigate. I don't know anything about cars, but I can navigate the Rock Auto site super easily. They're a family business. They've been doing it for 20 years, and they've really refined that online site. You just type in the make, model, year of your car, and then you can find all the parts you need, and you get special uh, prices, specifications, different versions of the part, all from different brands, and you can make the choice that works for you. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that it's us that sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, more coming up here with William Liu. Let's get back to it. I'll check in with another break in about 10 minutes' time, but enjoy more Shea Talk and Jared Culver Talk, baby! I mean, I, I still kind of stand by I would just do everything for him just because I think he's that level of superstar or can be that in the coming years. And I, I just I don't think you'll miss the 24th pick in 2024 if you just give it all up. And, and, and it's not like the pick swaps will come into play either, right? Like you'd throw in the pick swaps because, you know, those teams like to take those lottery tickets and getting the opportunity. Oh, if things flame out, then maybe we get a high pick by accident. But like... The Thunder are going to be bad for a long time. Pick swaps won't matter. You're basically giving up three or four first-round picks for a guy of Shea's level. And I think, you know, if this were a team that were more bereft of talent and, you know, it was like a thinner roster, I think you could, you know, say, hey, maybe it's not worth it. But, like, they have Malachi Flynn. They have Gary Trent Jr., who they're presumably going to bring back. They've got some interesting little lottery tickets. They have two second-round picks this year. Maybe they use those. Like, there's a lot there to sort of then flip into other pieces to fill out that roster. And also bringing in Shea would still give you the flexibility to go and use your cap space on a center this summer as well. And you can kind of line up your team. You know, you can still go throw your money at Rashawn Holmes or Jared Allen, and then bam, you're looking at a very freaking good team right there that is also quite young and can kind of grow into itself a little bit more too. And then you can kind of revisit the Siakam thing or the Fred thing down the line. I, I think there's a lot of sort of you know, pivotability if you were to get Shea at this juncture too, because he hasn't been paid yet. He doesn't get another new contract for another year. It's, um, 
there's a lot of incentive to it. So yeah, give it all up. Uh, trade. Uh, I'll give up all of Hamilton's best things too uh, to Oklahoma City. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> like it's absolutely very happy to do that. Um, couple more things we should hit on here, Will. Rumor wise, um, there was a small one today that I thought was kind of interesting. Apparently, there's a report from Darren Wolfson out in Minnesota that Jarrett Culver is potentially available. Uh, Of course, kind of a bust pick. I think he was a six overall pick a couple years back. The Wolves suck at developing dudes, especially wings and guards. Like, it's uh, it's a nightmare over there. And so Mm -hmm. that kind of got me interested. The report is that they could potentially be willing to move on from him for a second round pick. The Raptors have two of those. My question to you is, would you rather just use the two second round picks or would you call up Minnesota and say, hey, here's 46 or hey, here's 46 and 47. Let's take a look at Jarrett Culver, who was a lottery pick a couple years ago. Yes, I believe it was in kind of a down draft, but like there's something there. He's got some ball handling chops like he went to a final four. Like there's some pedigree there. Is he worth the Raptors potentially parting with one or both of their second round picks to take a, a shot on. I mean, it's kind of been mixed reviews as to whether or not they've had success with these redraft guys in the last couple of years. You know, Stanley Johnson remained Stanley Johnson. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson found some success, but remained Rondé Hollis-Jefferson for the most part. Maybe they're not so good at sort of forming these guys who have already been broken by other teams into something new, but is Jarrett Culver someone you'd be interested in to kind of fill out the bench rotation and maybe take a look at to maybe you can sort of milk some of that potential that was lost when he was drafted by Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, honestly, my only res- my only reservation would be his contract, which hmm. is kind of strange to say about a rookie. But I don't think he's you know a guy who you would sign on the open market right now for six million, for example. Sure, sure. Um, he's owed six and then six point five, which is again very very. He's still on a rookie scale contract. I don't think you really worried that much about rookie scale contracts. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you know, am I going to come on here and pretend like I have? Uh, very very deep thoughts on Jarrett Culver. I, <laughs> I thought about him in, in any depth at all. No, but I, I mean, look, he's clearly a guy who had some, a lot of pedigree coming in. Um, he wasn't that bad as a rookie, to be mm-hmm. honest. Although it's hard to take any numbers at face value for teams that are just perennial losers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, you could probably get him for less than a second round pick. The thing with second round picks is the Raptors. I mean, if you go through their entire draft history, and really the Raptors have been sensational in the draft there's like studies that have come out at the last like decade or so the raptors have overperformed their draft picks uh by a mile in the league mm-hmm. which is not surprising you could literally look at the roster right now pascal og you know norm was on the team so that yeah like but if you look at the actual history of the raptors and how many second round picks they've had in their like 26 years of existence the the third best second round pick they've ever taken is quincy ac yeah <laughs> Like it's and it's not even like a, oh there's a debate here like not really Norm obviously and mm-hmm. that technically was Milwaukee, uh, PJ Tucker who really didn't even do anything on the second round pick he just left yeah so like you know like you're not getting that much out of second round picks so sure yeah why not it, it's yeah. really just the money thing which it might affect your your how you balance the sheets or whatever but I mean, sure yeah 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 because because you have like Trent to sign that kind of. You know, how much do you want to commit sure. to, like, your bench guard rotation, right? Between, like, Flynn, who's on the, the rookie deal, which is not very expensive. But then you got Trent, you know, he makes 14 plus the six for Culver. Like, that's $20 million for two backup shooting guards. Is it yeah. really worth it? But, you know, I, I could see that being one that maybe you wait till kind of after and maybe you get into the free agency period and maybe that's when you kind of try to strike there and see but it's not something i'm losing sleep over if they don't make it happen it's just thought that was interesting because the raptors got some second round picks to play around with um other guys that we can hit on here will i mean 
I'm tired of talking about Ben Simmons, but it seems like we have to talk oh, about Lord. Ben Simmons. He continues to All be, right. you know, a topic of conversation. He continues to come up as someone the Sixers overvalue deeply. Uh, there was a report yesterday uh, that the Sixers asked for Ananobi, Van Vliet, Lowry, and the fourth pick for Ben Simmons, which is, I mean, congrats to Daryl Morey for uh, just really selling the garment. Uh, <laughs> like, good job there. But yeah, that's just truly insane. I, I mean, I know you talked about this yesterday on your podcast with Kate Bagshaw, a former former guest and future guest of this podcast. We love Kate. Um, but, you know, wh- where are you at with Ben Simmons? I have, you know basically a, a, a point where I'm not going past in terms of an offer to try to get him. And if you don't get him, that's fine. If you can get him on a buy low, great. I don't think it makes or breaks anything. And part of me is okay to not deal with the headache that is Ben Simmons. But, um, you know, if you are the Raptors, what's your sort of, you know, point of no return when it comes to an offer you might throw Philly's way? It is difficult to come up with a reasonable option that seems to work for both sides. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, I, I think it really comes down to the question of do you want to trade one of your core pieces with Ben yeah. Simmons? Because realistically, I don't even know if Philadelphia wants to trade Ben Simmons for package, let's say for Fred and, sure. and a future first, right? Like mm-hmm. that seems for them like that does. I mean, would that help their team? Yes. Would that get them over the hump in a championship setting? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, although it would get them closer than them with Ben Simmons. But in, in any case, <laughs> um even for that, I think they would probably look to aim higher. I, I really do believe that Daryl Morey, I mean, whether that, 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 you know, counter was actually real or not, whether he asked for everything. I mean, I think what he's really trying to do is hold on to all of his pieces for Dame Lillard or Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a scenario really where Washington is going to say no to Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal as much as, you know, Simmons has really struggled or even, you know, even Portland, for example, I think there's a deal to be made there. So, I think Maury, especially a guy like that, who's basically his whole team building philosophy is let's get as many all-stars on the team as possible, which mm-hmm. is, is one of those things that sounds really deep and really smart, but it's like a Malcolm Gladwell kind of saying it's like, Oh, 10,000 <laughs> hours of mastery. And it's like, yeah, if I did something for 10,000 hours, I'd probably have some mastery of it. Mm-hmm. Although my podcasting is, you know, um, <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe the, the exception, but uh, in, in any case, I, yeah, I, I don't really know. I mean, even if like OG for, for Ben Simmons, for example, like building a package mm-hmm. around OG, like are the Sixers really going to fully accept that? Probably not. I honestly think, I, I really do think that they value him a little bit higher. So I don't know. But then again, you, it, it's very hard to sort of pinpoint the value on Ben Simmons because he's kind of been like two different players. Regular season yeah. Ben Simmons does a lot of really good things, gets on the all NBA team, gets on all defensive love, everything like that. He looks great. All-star team. Um, and then playoff Ben Simmons stands in the corner and, and is Stanley Johnson in the half court. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, depending on which one he is, that's going to really heavily skew the packages. I mean, you see reports out of Philly, like Keith Compey of the Inquirer has repeatedly sort of mentioned, like, hey, you know, Kyle Lowry signed a trade for Ben Simmons. If that's really what happens, I, I, I would, I would, I'm going to come on here and, and, and say very, very nice things about Ben Simmons and, and I'll talk all about he's still 25 and how 25-year-olds can change your life. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really see a trade to be made here. And honestly, it's not that sexy to me because I, I think you would need to convince him to play at a different position. Yeah, he's uh, the center. It changes trading role. for him. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to get him to, like, you know, work on that jump shot, which he has shown, like, a real reluctance to do over mm-hmm. four years. So he's been a same player for four years. I'm I'm a little bit skeptical that he's just going to automatically come to Toronto because Toronto's great at developing because he's 25, that he's going to be great. I mean, yeah. 
you know, well, we had Stanley Johnson and did, did, he did, he got better, but not not that did much. Did he? <laughs> he just got. I think he, he got, got more. Great uh, interviews, man. The media interviews yeah. are great. Yeah, he's he a got wonderful great interview. At, he, yeah. In terms of his basketball, I don't think he got better. He just got more comfortable with being bad in public. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, I mean, he did some things better, kind of. I mean, I think defensively, you know, he actually sure. his schemes better. Mm-hmm. I think he played more big. Like, he learned how to play yeah. more of, like, the four and the five, I guess. Oh, that two-week stretch where he looked like the, the answer at center was a delightful part of the season. And then, you know, that yeah. kind of how, shit. But How um, do you think those uh, those one-on-one battles between uh, Stanley Johnson and Aaron Baines went? You know, the, the two of them probably had to play each other at some point to, like, determine who's going to be in the rotation. <laughs> or Nick, Nick Nurse, meanwhile, is just, like watching a, a rerun of friends because yeah know, i'm just imagining nick nurse like in the crouch position head and hands just like oh, really God. this is what i got man what the hell yeah, I know. um but yeah with simmons like i think yeah unless you're getting him on a buy low there's really no point like it's just it's not worth he's a distressed asset why would you overpay for that when there's probably other offers out there anyway that Philly would take. Like if CJ McCollum's on the table, that's probably going to be the move because he actually tangibly helps the team right now. Whereas like if I'm the Raptors, it's like really all I'm comfortable with is a sign and trade of Lowry plus Boucher plus a couple of protected first down the line. Like that's kind of where it ends for me. And if it, you can't get it for that price, then you don't get Ben Simmons. And I think that's totally fine. Um, you know, it's worth yep. seeing if you can, you know, capitalize and it's worth seeing if you can, really just pull off one of the greatest bits of uh, heistery in NBA history after not accepting a deal for like Tyrese Maxey in a first at the deadline and then getting Ben Simmons for, for Kyle Lowry. Like that would be just what an ultimate flex by Masai, but I don't think Maury is mm. going to stoop down to that level either. He's not Brian Colangelo, but like, he is smart. He is asking a high price for a reason. Like he has to get something for Ben Simmons. That's a value here. Otherwise, they're kind of stuck in the middle of the ocean, bobbing around without much hope. So I don't think that's really going to happen if you're the Raptors. And I think that's totally fine. Um, mm. Will I talk myself into it if it does? Sure. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, look, I listen, just... we're, we're, we're here to talk about the te- players on the team. If he's on the team, yeah. we'll talk about it. We'll probably take a more op- op- optimistic. And the thing is, like, it, it, you know, it, there's some listeners in Philly or whatever. They're probably the way we're like revolting at the idea that it's, you mm-hmm. know, oh, it's going to be uh, Fred and OG and Kyle and the fourth. Um, they're probably revolting at the same idea that it's going to be a Kyle Lowry sign and trade that they're going to oh, yeah. turn the number one pick that they've tanked for like 15 years for <laughs> turn into 35 year old Kyle Lowry. Which I mean, would Kyle be a better player to win in the playoffs than Ben Simmons? A hundred percent. Would that be something that's satisfactory after all that time? I don't know, man. But you know, I don't know. There's something poetic about Kyle being like the Philly boy being the ultimate prize of the process. I think there's uh, mm. maybe some poetry you can convince the rights to Ricky Sanchez guys of there. Um, Plus they have uh, beef, which is which is delicious too. <laughs> Remember they almost fought each other that one time. Who did the rights to Ricky Kyle Sanchez guys? Oh, Kyle and Ben Simmons. No, Kyle Ben Simmons. Remember he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Kyle told Ben Simmons meet me in the tunnel. Ben Simmons yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, it was the MLK Imagine, Day and, game, wasn't it? It was like an afternoon game. Remember, I was watching was a Hurricanes Yo, on, come on, uh, man. Blue That's... West. It was fantastic. Oh. Uh. Come on, man. <laughs> on MLK Day. <laughs> that's that's kyle man that's honestly that's kyle i wouldn't be surprised no i mean honestly like i I just i can't believe you know ben simmons would turn down a shot like that i just you know yeah yeah wouldn't expect it from him 
All right, we are going to round out the conversation with Will in just a second and talk a lot about Pascal Siakam and the rumors swirling around him. Before we do that, though, just want to tell you about our pals over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. You've got baseball season in full swing. The trade deadline's coming up this week. It's all very exciting, and you can bet on baseball as well as all your other favorite sports over at betonline. Just head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and start check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game and uh, as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in Major League Baseball. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we will now round up the conversation with Will Liu, talking Pascal Siakam and a little bit more as we finish our rumor roundup ahead of part two with Will tomorrow. Enjoy. Yeah, wild stuff. Um, a couple other dudes we should probably talk about here. Uh, I guess Pascal Siakam is the one to talk about. There's been mm-hmm. a lot of rumoring about him. I just, for me, most of it's been, oh, the Warriors are the protagonist of reality. They could use Pascal Siakam. What if this poo-poo platter of a couple muh picks and James Wiseman was enough to get Pascal Siakam? Well, yeah, that'd be great. I would want that too if I was the Warriors. Um, I, I don't know. It feels like... I don't know what happened. It, it seems like there was this sort of level of content sort of acceptance that, hey, you know, the Raptors won the title. The next couple of years will be kind of seeing how things work out here. And then this past season, which I think everybody agrees was mostly due to circumstance and mostly due to Tampa Bay and all the shit that went on and the team getting COVID and their three best players missing an entire month. Like, to me, it's a pretty explainable year, but it feels as though... There's this sort of mindset of, oh, now we got to tank it and rebuild it and like start from the ground up again, which I just, I don't understand. I'm never going to be a tank person. I'm always going to be a stay good, stay relevant, wait so you can make your move to become great kind of guy. And the Raptors are in a good position to do that. But Siakam's name keeps on coming up as, oh, maybe the Raptors can retool and get younger and all this stuff. And maybe they're ready to move on. And just none of it adds up to me. The fact that he's probably at his lowest value after what I think is sort of widely perceived as a bad season, even though I think, you know, most people who watched in detail would agree he was pretty damn good by the end of the year and really kind of shook off all the bad juju from the bubble. But he's at the lowest point of his value sort of league wide. He is on a pretty new contract. He's around for at least three more years. Like there's no reason to, you know, get cold feet here. or think he's going to walk or anything like that. I just don't really understand why this is a thing. Are, are you like, where are you at with the Siakam stuff? Are you on the side of like, it's stupid to trade him right now. Are you open to potentially looking into avenues? Like, it just, to me, the only way he gets dealt is if he's paired with number four for a star and anything else just kind of runs counter to the entire ethos of the franchise. Where are you at with Siakam and all these rumors that keep on flying around about him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe there is a little bit of um, fire to go with the smoke. I think that, like, for example, even Grange reported that the rappers are indeed listening to offers. And then, sure. like, it's not like he's, like, being shopped. I don't think... You know, front yeah. office is going to different teams saying we need to get rid of him now. This is like sure. a, a, yard, a yard sale situation. Like it's not like that, but um, I think I think you know, it, unless you have sort of that number one guy and sort of that that championship number one guy, like anybody can be moved, and that's the one of the unfortunate realities of the NBA, right? Like we, you know, we everybody loved Demar and the way Demar represented the city or some of that. Mm-hmm. He ultimately got traded, right? And and so much so that uh, apparently on a recent appearance with. Uh, with Shannon Sharp, he, he said that Masai told him two days before that we're running it back. And then, and then he got a call. 
he's like a call from Ethiopia. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, then he was in San Antonio for the rest of his life. So, um, you know, things could happen. And I think with, with Pascal too, is sort of like, look, it's not like the Raptors need to get rid of him. It's mostly if the Raptors can get a good deal, um, you look into that. You mm-hmm. you do. And I think even with the, the, the Golden State deal, I wouldn't have said yes to that deal. But that's a deal that you, you if, if, for example, Golden State put all of it out there, 7-14, Wiseman plus Wiggins, you at least have a conversation in your draft room. You discuss it with your front office. I, I still think that's not enough. I think you get a little bit better than that because it's just not one guy you look at and say, well, because we did this trade, we have this guy mm-hmm. and all these other pieces that could help us down the line. But we have this guy. Um, that, that feels more like the Rockets when they traded for or when they traded away James Harden and they mm. had this I mean do you remember who they got for James Harden at this point like Olenek right or was yeah, that okay great trade? yeah no, that was okay, the great. other Oladipo trade they that, got that, Oladipo, Oladipo that trade. turned into yeah. Olenek yeah what a what uh-huh. a trade uh <laughs> there's no yeah, one on the roster other they... than Olenek from like their trades this year I'm pretty sure like I think it's all just picks because yeah right so over to Indiana yeah you know, you don't want one of those situations because there is a very good situation. There's a very real path where, you know, Wiseman becomes kind of just like he stays where he is and he's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wiggins is Wiggins. You know, is he a guy you can play? Yes. Is he a guy that's going to make an impact that often? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, picks are picks. So, I, I mean, look, listen, I, you, you listen to offers. You really do. Because I think the Raptors are not at the point where you have the number one guy. He's He's happy. And you're trying to build around that person. You're really sure. trying to still get that number one piece and then try to move everything around. Um, you know, you just have to find the right deal. I, to be honest, I, I really am a little bit disappointed mostly because I, I do feel bad for the way Pascal's career has gone the last like year or so. It's so like, toxic, this, man. Yeah, I mean, this argument with Nurse, which you know, depending on who you listen to, it's either like, you know, they, oh, you know, he's he exchanged words. And then, and then there was like, oh, there was a little bit more than that or whatever. They got fined. He might not have got fined. You know, that was just sad. Honestly, it was just like sad kind of watching Pascal at times. He seemed very surly for the season when mm-hmm. he spoke speaking with the media. He was also more surly because before he was very goofy, very like friendly, at least, you know, in an open context publicly. Yeah. And um, I don't know. He, he didn't really have that same vibe this year. I just I'm kind of throwing all the vibes from this year out, to be honest. Sure, like, just such Which a is weird, totally reasonable dumb season. And I mean, look, maybe it continues on. Maybe there's more sort of friction between Nurse and Siakam. It becomes more of an issue. I'd rather just wait and see if it was a one year anomaly because of all the circumstances than cut bait before you even know. And like you said, yeah, it is all about getting that number one guy. And Siakam's not that number one guy. I think he would be a wonderful complement to a number one guy. Like. <laughs> about exactly what you could ask for and so i don't think you just move on from him because you don't have the number one guy and don't perceive yourself to be a title contender i think you try to find the guy to pair with him and you know there might be an instance where you have to trade him to get that guy and that's where i think is the only really way i think he he goes out the door is again i think it's a package of him plus four for that star if you if you find it's available and if not, then I, I just think you run it back and, and just continue to be good and relevant. Like, get back to the playoffs and do that thing again, because that worked for the Raptors before. Like, that was the motto that got mm. them to where they were, where they won a title, right? So, I, um, you know, I, I hope Pascal's not going anywhere. I'd like to see a sort of redemptive arc. I'd like to see him 
you know, kind of get back. And he did get back in the back part of the season. His playmaking was up. His efficiency was improving. Like, it was a, an impressive mm-hmm. finish to the season for him. I'd like to see where that goes as opposed to saying, oh, he's he's cooked, he's he's done, he's damaged goods, got to move on from him. I just think that's silly and premature. Um, Will, we've exhausted all the rumors that I can talk about. Uh, we're going to continue on this conversation in part two of the podcast tomorrow uh so i'll let you plug all your stuff on tomorrow's podcast i'll do it for you right now raptors of everything go listen to it it's great it's fantastic it's uh it's a very good podcast so go do that um but uh that'll do it for part one here uh everyone please subscribe rate review all that good stuff please support all the uh great coverage we got going across the lockdown network let locked on network right now we've got the locked on nba draft show going strong we've got our big live stream coming up Thursday. All the local shows are covering this stuff in depth. So please go and check those out. And we will talk to you again on Wednesday with another episode with Will of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. <laughs>